smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, folks. It's Tuesday, August 11th. Uh, Cliff. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was going to say something witty, but I have, I got nothing. Um, how are you? <laughs> oh, did the hit you guys? I mean, you know, the storms look, hit or not? We got hit. I don't think it was offshoot because it came through Chicago before us. We got hit by uh, a massive thunderstorm and actually lightning shot down. Not oh, no, it is. my house yeah. last night. It was yours was yeah. the Chicago stuff. I, I texted you. You oh, was see my text. Yeah, I guess I did. hit you at midnight last night. I, I warned you. Oh, well, <laughs> shit, I need to look at my text more. It was it it came earlier than that. So I guess it oh. was an outgrowth. Usually stuff yeah. that hits Chicago goes straight east and is north of us. That's yeah, interesting for, that it came for, down south. For some reason, they said once it hit Indiana, uh, not, not for some reason, there was some other front out east that pushed against it and shoved it south. I'm always fascinated by weather like that. I mean, by the, the official weather, you know, metro stuff, meteorological. So like, yeah, this other front collided and shoved it down, which I just think is so cool. <laughs> or high pressure or whatever it was. So, yes, but scary. Anyway, mom and sister and everybody were in the basement because it was, they were expecting 100 mile an hour winds up to 30 minutes. And I don't know if it got that bad. It may have only gotten as bad as 50 or 60, which is still pretty, you know, not great. But anyway, and you know, the Midwest with you and your power lines going down. No, we're such assholes that way. Exactly. Um, Always so fun. this is interesting. I'm actually excited, uh, to be honest with you, to have this episode because. You and I haven't done one in a while. It's so funny. For a while there, way I back know. in the day, it was just you and I, and we're like, we gotta have more guests. And now it's like we have some not to to brag, but pretty big guests every time. And what that means is they have so much to say, and I'm so interested that I'm exhausted by the time the hour we've had them on is up. And like you and I, maybe oh, I make can't it five even... or ten more minutes, and we're like, exactly. all right, exactly, you know, can't even um, do the. In any case, but so we've got us today. Um, I'm having an allergy attack from my laundry. That was nice. Um, oh, I'm allergic to scents. We've probably, we've probably talked about this before. I'm allergic to perfume and things. And some cleaner I used around the house, I think it was for my aluminum or stainless steel, whatever they're called, uh, refrigerator. And when you take the rag and you make the mistake of throwing it in with your wash to wash it, it then puts the smell on all of your wash. So now I have you know, highly toxic Home Depot cleaner all over my T-shirts. And I'm like, thank you. That was... Well, you know, anyway, their owner being a lunatic <sighs> Trump supporter. Oh, I didn't remember um, in, that. In general, Home Depot is highly toxic. And oh, I, would say to I didn't remember that. It's okay, but it, it, sometimes you have no choice. You, you have know. to go somewhere. I would say if you have other options, people. Yep. This is their their owner. I can't think. Oh, Langone. He's still like at this point, still with Trump. So well, we'd have to. I'm curious who is like a good alternative to Home Depot because honestly, you know, they're really useful and they're good prices. You know. Um, but I'm curious who would be a good uh, like Lowe's maybe. It depends. I guess I don't know how they're managed, but they would be similar stuff. Good garden section at Lowe's. Um, I know. In any case, so today uh, we're kind of doing the usual. I'm just looking here at the list. We've got uh, election stuff. Cliff is going to type in the background to drive me up the wall. Um, I had to, and because it's about, I was retweeting right. this thing, which we're going to talk um, about with, with the with the guy going to see the Nazi. I mean, oh, this I was going to say, I just was, saw it, a yep. friend of mine, and it's deeply upsetting to me. And so I, I don't mean to type in the background, yep. but I had That's to retweet okay. this and share it. So yeah, we're going to talk about uh, North Carolina candidate having a little Hitler fetish, um, the Democratic convention, uh, the VP stakes, uh, coronavirus. And that might be it. Well, that that's a, that covers everything, actually. But the first thing was I had a little epiphany this morning. So uh, 
somebody tweets out, I forget, some reporter tweeted out, Trump just made a statement about Hong Kong. And he told Fox Sports, and he's trying to figure out. Yeah, well, because remember, okay, so Hong Kong, right? Hong Kong, you know, part of China, but independent kind of British owned it or controlled it or leased it, I guess, for 100 years. Goes back to China in like 1999, but China still gives Hong Kong a lot of independence uh, economically and well, up until recently, right? And now they're clamping down more. So Trump gets asked about it. Now, mind you, you know, U.S. policy, we try to be nuanced about such things. Trump says in response to Hong Kong and, and, you know, is it okay that China's clamping down, right? It's a part when you look. Take a look at the map. It's attached to China. So it's a little bit tough from certain standpoints. He's saying because it's it's attached. Now, I pulled up a clip because I was like, oh, my God, I know that quote. And I swear to God, and again, we're talking Trump. Trump, I think, got this from a Goldie Hawn movie from the 1980s called Protocol. Great movie, by the way. Great. It really was a funny movie. It's funny as hell. And basically, she's watching the president meet with some uh, foreign head of state or foreign ambassador, Arab ambassador, something like that. And somebody tries to kill him, and she's next to the guy and goes, oh, my God, and screams. And the guy accidentally shoots Goldie in the butt. So the president, to thank her. And and she's so great on TV. You know, she's a ditz, whatever, but she's a great, I mean, that's her character, is ditzy, blonde, but she's, this is, mind you folks, it's 1984. <laughs> These are the roles women got. I know. I'm just going to say, um, guys, just, just be okay with the fact that it's, there will be sexism in there that you well, would that was her Well, that was her shtick in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Goldie Hawn was the, the ditzy blonde. the ditzy blonde, yes, that yeah. was her role. No, she's a hysterical comedian, so she did it well, but so... Uh, they're at some, so he asks her to be our ambassador somewhere or something like that. You know, the president, and and she's like, oh my god! So the whole movie's about her being the chief of protocol for the U.S. government, and she's at a cocktail party, and she gets asked by uh, the Belgian ambassador, "Have you ever been to Belgium?" "No, no, no. I, I really, I really haven't even been out of the country at all. Really. I mean, well, I've been to Canada once, but it doesn't count because it's attached." <laughs> And it was a wonderful line. Of course, she says it Goldie Hawny, which was hysterical. But Trump's quote was about Hong Kong. It's a part when you look. Take a look at a map. It's attached to China. So it's a little bit tough from certain standpoints. Meaning it's Wait, attached. We, so, right. The attached part was hilarious. What was he saying was tough from certain standpoints? Getting mad at China for clamping down on Hong Kong. So, yeah. Because that's it's attached. So, you know, so, and, and as Philip Bump noticed, uh, I think if you watched the post said – that's his Crimea argument too. He made. Remember, he said, "Well, yes. Crimea, it's attached to Russia, so he kind of makes you know. the very same simplistic, oh. stupid arguments to everything because he can only keep sort of so many trains of thought in his head. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like the testing thing. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I, I, the reason why, one of the reasons I think, I mean, you know, he keeps he keeps trotting out the whole. Well, we're doing fewer tests and you know, or more tests and all that is because. He's so bad at thinking on his feet that he can't come up with anything else. Like no. they may prepare him with five talking points, but he can only go out and, and throw one of them out. Right. I mean, he just is that stupid. You know what I mean? So, I mean, what are you going to do? Plus, it, it's not fully his fault if you think about it, because I do think that uh, his family was was deeply affected, um, you know, by the 1917 flu, which ended World War II abruptly. Oh, he did, he's, yes, he did say that the other day. Too. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I mean yeah. – you know, well, and to let folks know, he constantly claims the 1918 Spanish flu, I mean, which is sort of like its historic title, was the 1917 flu. And he has said this a hundred times now. 
he's clearly been corrected, and now he's sticking to it as a matter of principle, which well, is just I want to say. I want, I want to do – I never yeah. bother with those Twitter <clears throat> polls, right? There like are people that put, like, Twitter polls out there, and I don't really do that. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it. I just haven't bothered. But I'm thinking I might want to – I really am interested what people think, whether it's that like he's why just he's doing a it? child – at this point refuses to change that he's so stupid he cannot get a thought out of his head that's stuck it's almost like someone congealed some old cheese in his brain and he can't like he can't remove it or it's a combination of both it's well, not and, necessarily mutually exclusive he's an uh, idiot well, and he's obstinate but i there, yes there's a part of me that also wonders if he's got some screwed up sense that he's going to own the libs, right? He's going to own the liberals, get us mad by right. doing this. And that somehow it benefits him saying, and people, people have said that they think this may be the reason he also has a lot of typos in his things that he does it on purpose to make people think he's stupid and go off about it. And it helps his base. Of course, from now, mind you, the Trump logic here is my base is so fucking stupid and uneducated that right. if I throw in stupid, uneducated things and people get mad about it, my base will love me. Cause they're going to go, yeah, you're stupid like us. I mean, the most condescending argument from him as to why he's doing this, but knowing him, Cliff, it's like the 1917 thing. He just keeps saying it. He knows it's 1918 now. Right. I mean, there would be tons of people, again, like, so and weird. I've seen people that I respect, you know, and nothing, I'm not insulting them because we're all, we all have the right to disagree. We all come to different conclusions. Mm-hmm. We're political analysts, right? We've, but people I respect, and I see them in there, and they'll just be like, acting like he's capable of playing some long game, you know, the old 12 dimensional chess thing where it's like, yeah. he's just saying that to distract you. And I, I, every time people do yeah. that, I try to respectfully say, I'm like, he is not. I'm like, I don't yeah. understand how he, like, we've all been observing this person closely <laughs> for, for right. now, at least for five, yeah. six years. I've observed him living in New York for many years beyond that. He's, he's, he's so stupid, so ignorant. So, yeah. I mean, you know, we can go on, I can say every kind yeah. of word like that. He can't think that way. What happens is, is you've got this this room this room full of sycophants or you know group of sycophants, most of whom, particularly his staff, are cre- incredibly, as you know, Stuart Stevens said, like the bottom of the barrel who people would never hire in other Republican campaigns. They're all the people that crapped out of Republican politics. That's the only reason why they're willing to associate themselves with Trump. But there's also some smart ones, you know, people that 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 you know defend this guy um, and and whatever who've been around, you know, I mean. Mitch McConnell comes to mind, who I detest, but no one can call him stupid. He's evil. And I, what I think often is you've got these rooms of people sitting there not knowing what this guy's going to say next because he's so – he's such a child, as Mary Trump told us in this. He so has such a lack of control over impulses and emotions. But what they do is they run with whatever it is he says, A, because they don't want to anger him, and B, because sometimes he accidentally says something that they can use. Right. You know, So he'll say stupid shit, and they'll be like, all right, let's go with that and push that. You know what I mean? Because they're, you know, Ronna, whatever, McDaniels, Romney, you know, is scared of him and doesn't want to get fired and other people. So they go in. The, so that, I mean, to try to come up with this guy smart enough to try to divert attention or smart enough. You know, the only intelligence he has is he has, he does have some animal like ability on a very base, like caveman level to, to know what a crowd of people wants to hear and to say it. All right. If you want to call that a yeah. form of intelligence, yep. he's a, that's why he's a good con man. Say, wrap so this one have, up and then let's go to some of the other stuff. Sure. And so, so you can say that, but you really can't. Don't argue to me that this guy has some smart, 
whatever that he's doing. He just – there isn't. Now, he, he says something dumb, and sometimes probably the people around him encourage him to do it more because they're like, wow, that dumb thing you said – they don't put it that way – is actually helping. You know what I mean? That's what my take on the whole thing right. is. All right. Let's um, you know, let's move to the convention next. I'm thinking because I'm kind of I've got the topics here. We'll get to we'll get to Hitler <laughs> in a bit. Hitler's but, um, always there, folks. We'll get to him. There's always Hitler. So John Kasich, former governor of Ohio, uh, former really conservative Gingrich style uh, House member from the 1990s. And by the way, yesterday on CNN. Kasich is there because they've announced that Kasich is going to be speaking at uh, Biden's convention, right? Or the right. virtual convention. And, and interesting because last time Kasich did not vote for Trump and he's famously said he wasn't going to vote for Trump in 2016, but he wasn't going to vote for Hillary either. This time he's voting for Biden and, and he's, which is, so it is interesting. Now, CNN, again, this is people's short memories. I forget who it was, the host on CNN yesterday oh, goes, uh, well, did, you saw, did you see it? Yeah. Oh, and says, well, you know, I don't think it was Aaron Burnett. I think it might have been Brianna, actually. But well, whoever it was, was just, maybe he did a few because he's a CNN contributor. Oh, yes. So maybe I'm talking he did about a gaffe. I'm talking about gaffe. Yes. Which okay. Gaff? Yeah. So let me tell you. <laughs> so okay. he's uh, he's he's. Uh, she's introducing him and says, well, you know, and you could be he's going to be John Kasich, a well, you're not a Democrat. He's really just a moderate, but he's going to be speaking at the Democratic Convention. And I'm listening to her and I'm looking at the TV going, huh? And he goes, excuse me, excuse me, because I'm not a moderate. I'm a, yeah, he goes, I'm a conservative. John Kasich was Newt Gingrich style budget director of the House. Right. Was he Ways and Means? What was he, Cliff? He was he was budget. Right. He, he, yeah, was, the, I mean, he, he was the, the crazy money guy. guy. More than Gingrich. Oh. even met Bill Clinton he was when, they, when they sat down and they balanced the budget and Clinton agreed to do some things that a lot of people – that angered people. But then Clinton – you got them to cut some things that they didn't want to cut. And they did actually – you know, whether you think the balancing of the budget was a good or a bad thing, and I would tell you I generally believe in keeping budgets as close to balanced as possible except for during recession when you obviously spend. You do what you take right. to – but – you know, at the same time, they went too far. Um, but but it doesn't matter. I, I give my opinion. Now I'll tell you the yeah. reality. Reality is Kasich, if you want to give one Republican probably the most credit, it wasn't Gingrich. It was Kasich. And I'll, crit I'll criticize Kasich all day long. For what, credit government. for what? For, for the, the Republican who sat there with Clinton and hashed out what they were going to cut to balance that budget. Oh, OK. You're not. Oh, that's interesting. So you're not saying it in a Kasich owned Clinton way. You're just saying he actually compromised. Is that your he argument? Did. Or, okay. Yeah. Okay. Clinton. I mean, look, Clinton. Was, you know, Clinton wanted to balance the budget too. Right. That was one of his promises. Was during the Reagan Bush years, they right. freaking you know put us into enormous debt. Um, again, I would still say, but he's no moderate. But again, yes, that's what I get at. Like I fought Kasich tooth and nail. You know, as a, a, as involved in. You know, as, as a board member of Planned Parenthood in Ohio, he signed something like 17 anti-choice bills. OK, he's horrendous. Yeah. And he may not. Yeah. He always leads on economic issues, but I don't care. He did what he had to do to keep his legislature, his Republican legislature happy. So even if he didn't propose them, the only one he didn't sign was that ridiculous heartbeat bill. He signed a 20 week ban right. and other stuff he signed. He also opposed them towards the end on guns, but initially signed guns and bars. He did a lot of shitty stuff. Right. You know, and what we used to call that, which was somebody who had a conservative perspective here and there would would uh, compromise with Democrats to pass overall conservative legislation. So right. that we used to call those people something pretty simple, 
conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else to say. He is a conservative. Yep. And, but when they redefine these terms to if you don't fully support Trump, you're somehow a moderate. So I'm glad he pushed back on that because that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. He never was yeah. a moderate. Did I ever tell you my John Kasich story? And I've got to I've got to make this somewhat nicer. Um, he I Do run into him. I run into him in Adams Morgan, which folks who know DC, you know, my, my trendy little neighborhood. And maybe it's 10 o'clock at night or something. It must have been summertime. We were walking around and I'm with a couple friends of mine and we run into a gay friend of mine who's uh, anyway, well-known in foreign policy circles. And he's with John Kasich and they're walking around and we were like, oh, hey. And he goes, oh, have you met John? And I said, well, no, but we know, we know, know who you are. We all shake hands and we're all talking for five minutes because my friends are are catching up with my other friend who knows Kasich, right? And Kasich is spending five minutes talking to me, very close, and just kind of piercing me and just asking me question after question after question about what I do. And he's just fascinated. And I mean, Cliff, he it's hard to describe, but when somebody is just peering into your eyes and intently fascinated by everything you say, and all they want to do is ask you more questions about yourself, I was like, it was weird. Is he hitting on me? I don't know. It was just weird. It was now he was very nice, but I mean, it was very nice to the point of, you know, why are you just focusing on me? And why are you spending five yeah. minutes? It was, I mean, I will say this though, there's an element that was very political, meaning well, the only thing is I wasn't any more famous than anybody else in the group. So that didn't make sense, but you also got a bit of the politician schmooze out of it. Where, what you're saying is you think he was a very good politician and that he, well, I think he was a very good politician, but I, also, but I also think he spent five minutes very interested in me late at night. <laughs> that was the other weird thing, well, but, here's what but I'm being nice about things. that. I don't want to go like, further, but it was weird. Yes. Well, you don't have to, uh, you know, but he's a good politician. I, he schmoozes I, I, very well. It, yes. <laughs> if people used to act like this was a smear, you know, these kinds of things are smears. But I would say at this point, like to me and most of the country, uh, being gay I know. is not a smear. So to, uh, when people are like, you're steering that in a way, they're they're saying they're being saying accused they're of like yeah. saying something bad, yeah. which I'm not. Yeah. When, when I, I will simply share this, which is at, when he was first running for governor, I'm trying to remember what the timeline was, but he wasn't married. And suddenly, very in very quick, oh, sort of short, short order. Yeah, he, he got he got married. He got um, he had that. twins, and oh. he became very uh, religious. He talking a lot about God. And all I'm going to say is the rumors in Ohio. There were yeah. always rumors that he was gay. Yeah, I yeah. have no idea. And frankly, again, I don't care. I mean, no, not that there's anything never, wrong with it. Well, no, I mean, I, and I can make those jokes, but the truth of the matter is, if there was yeah, one yeah. issue in which I don't remember him being bad at all, I'd have to go back and look. Well, it was on yeah. gay rights. I think gay sure rights, the terrible. environment. <laughs> what? He, had to be, he had to be terrible. I'm sure he was. He was Maybe, far right. I, he was far right. I mean, no, he was a lot bad of governors everything. Before the Supreme Court case, a yeah. lot of governors were pushing all sorts of bans, even beyond the ones that passed on the ballot. Ohio had that horrible one that passed on the 2004 ballot. But right. there were ones who were trying to push further than that because I don't think – and I still don't get it fully, right? Um, John Roberts, if you, you know this better than me, kind of said the Civil Rights Act included – gays and lesbians right so can you still uh can you uh, still discriminate in housing and, and jobs now uh, or not? the ruling was specific it did it, it did i was already i had looked into this it's because it was um 
was it housing? I'm trying to remember now what the, the ruling was about a month ago. It was it was one specific thing. It wasn't the other things in the Civil Rights Act. Oh, because I'm sorry, because it was a Civil Rights Act, but they were looking at one specific provision. Uh, and I forget what it was dealing with, housing, whatever it was, or employment. I think it was employment, right? And what they what what analysts were saying was this was not dealing with the entire civil rights act. It was dealing with one provision and the history of that provision and the and the language in Congress used when they were passing that provision. But you sound like a lawyer. I don't know what you're saying right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> with respect, okay, the civil rights act. I'm not taking a dick. It's just like I don't, I don't get it. Let me make it more clear. The civil rights act covers a lot of different things of 1964. Right? Yes. No discrimination in housing. Uh, no discrimination in employment, for example. Okay. Each of those but it also contained very specific groups, which were race, ethnicity, and gender. Well, let's get to that in a second. Okay. So you've got different sections of the act dealing with different discrimination. So one is discrimination in housing. The other is discrimination in employment. Let's make it easy. Okay. And then you've got the same categories used in each. Uh, this applies to gender, uh, you know, religion, uh, national origin, race, and it, it lists I forget four or six categories, right? And then it lists the same categories in each subsection. So the the housing and discrimination section lists who it applies to. The employment discrimination section lists who it applies to, and each of them have gender. Well, the court found that gender in the one section that the case was over, and I think it was employment, that yes, for employment, we look at this subsection on employment, and it does say gender, and we looked at the history, and we think gender could mean uh, trans as well, or even gay in that case as well. What what it, they did not say that we are finding that the entire Civil Rights Act covers gay or trans people. The argument was only about that section as it covered employment. So that's all we're arguing, the court said, because courts like to make it narrow. Now, logically, you could say, well, they use the word gender in every category of the Civil Rights Act. They probably meant the same thing. They didn't mean, well, gender in one section means women, gender in one section means this. So you can ascribe it to the entire Civil Rights Act, but they only ruled on, I believe, the employment section of the Civil Rights Act. They didn't rule on the public accommodation section. Gotcha. So it's it's splitting hairs because, as I said, they meant the same – when they said race, they meant the same thing every time they mentioned it. Of course, they didn't mean two different words, but the court likes to be nuanced about it and say – and very narrow they as like they can be. nuanced about everything. Well, that's actually, narrow. in yeah. some ways, I like that when they I – mean, yeah. Well, they try to be narrow. Excuse me. That's the better way to put it. Because nuance on this podcast. So. Well, and it, but it's narrowness actually. Uh, it's one thing to keep in mind whenever you see court decisions. You'll often see like the Obamacare one that gets referred to the lower court. They often will refer things back to a lower court or even kick the case out because, in principle, they shouldn't be deciding on a case unless they have to. And if they have to, they should decide as narrowly as possible to fix the thing that's been given to them, not to necessarily. This is. One argument, liberals might say the opposite. Liberals might say, well, they should legislate to change everything, although conservatives would say the same thing on abortion. That's conservatives claiming that, that they don't yeah. believe in legislating from the bench, which is actually what but, they've done ever since they took bingo. over. Bingo. On their issues, <laughs> they're happy to. Exactly. In any case, let's get back to this stuff. So, so well, John Mason, were you, were you going to say he was getting – was he getting no, blowback? Was, what I was For saying being was – speaker? Yeah. No, no, but what I was saying first was on because you brought up your story with him, and mm -hmm. I was saying on gay rights issues. Right. Again, we have a gerrymandered, insane state legislature, which has got a little bit better. We won six or seven state house seats, but we were something like twenty-five behind. Mm -hmm. And my point to you was, we have a couple of absolute lunatics from very rural areas. Think Jim Jordan, right? But the state legislature, right? And 
they wanted to pass even further discrimination, as I remember, not so that it was left open, but so that it was very clear that you could discriminate based right. upon someone's sexual orientation right. and that kind of thing. And, and Kasich would not sign that is what I'm saying. Oh, if memory serves. Interesting. Okay. What I'm saying is it doesn't make him a moderate. In some ways, it makes right. him more of a conservative in the initial sense of the term conservative, which means to conserve, <laughs> which means right. to, you, know, you don't just make radical changes. And, and so right. – so that's what I'm saying is that you interesting. Know, okay, okay, let's get that's past his interesting. His true. Yeah. So was he getting blowback? Was he getting blowback for uh, for talking at Biden's? Uh, well, I'm sure he is. I you know I haven't seen what what Republicans are saying. We still have um, numerous elements on the left, and and even people again who I have a lot of respect for. I was I was sort of challenged by Charlie Pierce last time. Hmm. You know, progressive writer who I like a lot and I think I respect a lot. I don't agree with on everything, but he was one. I, you know, there were others, and I, and again, I guess this is where my theory of how politics works come in, and this is where I had differences. I have lots of differences with Rose Twitter, but I have differences even with others, certainly people on the left, which is Martin Luther King and, and you know, you, you go through from Medgar Evers to Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and the civil rights just to pick something from the 60s. Mm-hmm. They, if without that kind of pressure coming from activists, nothing gets done, okay? Right. Right. But this is important. And it's same with the economic pressure, by the way, in the 1930s on FDR. But without a president and a party in power willing to listen to that pressure who cared, it still doesn't get done. They couldn't have pressured Nixon, who was trying to do oh, right, the Southern right. strategy. So you have to win. <laughs> and then right. you, can, you can enact more progressive policies. And I just don't get people who think, no, you know, you know, we need pure we need purity and who runs and how dare you let that guy who passed anti-abortion uh, uh, you know, laws and other stuff. Well, I, my, my question to people like that is, do you ever talk to real people? Because most of them don't fit neatly in ideological boxes. They may be anti-choice, but believe that, that the minimum wage should be raised. Or right. they may believe that the environment and climate change, but they think that everybody should have the right to own a fucking assault rifle. Or, you know, you the point is, is there are nuanced people who are center-right and conservative and whatever, who've decided they do not like Trump Politics, democracy is about building coalitions, and it does not mean you hand over your beliefs to John Kasich or to Mitt Romney because he decided to rightfully hold Trump accountable and impeach accountable and impeach him or or whoever. It does mean, however, like if you want to show the breadth of your support, why would you not have John Kasich, a governor of a big state you want to win, who's a very Midwestern kind of guy, grew up in Western Pennsylvania and, and everything, has a higher name recognition in this part of the country, Michigan, other states where you want to appeal to people. I, I just I don't get it. Why you wouldn't want a guy saying, I disagree with him on choice. I disagree with him on on balancing the budget. I disagree with him on this and the other thing. But by the way. I, I agree with him on the fact he's a good person. He has empathy. He cares about the Constitution. He cares about the country. That's who you need to support right now. That is right. exactly the person you want. Bernie right. Sanders is speaking. AOC is speaking. And you know what? I think they should be absolutely because they they are part of an important wing of our party, which I happen to disagree with on some things. But it's about That's unity fine. and reaching as many people as possible. Right. Exactly. Like, yep. I don't care. And if somebody on the left yep. <clears throat> who who was n- not a Democrat – wanted to speak 
So if you want to make the analogy, John Kasich's not a Democrat. Well, somebody, well, actually, I guess Bernie Sanders technically isn't a Democrat. He's an independent. Technically, yeah. If, if, if somebody else on the left who wasn't a Democrat, who was to the left of our party, wanted to speak and say, I disagree with Joe Biden on this, that, and the other thing. But oh my God, look at the choices between the two of them. Yeah. I yeah. fully support that too, because that's the coalition we're trying yeah. to build. Like, yeah. I just don't get, why would you not want a, le- a, a to the left of Biden, to the right of Biden, larger coalition, and, and then you govern as you would expect Biden to govern, which, by the way, he has the most progressive platform in the history of our party. Well to the left. Take a look at Obama's platform to, from 2008 and compare it to Biden's now. Why would yep. I mean, it just it, so, you know, and, and no, we should what, it, go yeah. ahead. You go. No, no, just but I, I was also going to say, and it doesn't even matter. I mean, somebody had uh, approached me on Twitter the other day. And was asking about the Lincoln Project, right? You know, Rick Wilson's thing, where it's all the Republicans getting together and just beating the bejesus out of Trump with these amazing ads. And said to me, you know, but I've been reading and I really am kind of worried about it, that what happens after the election if they turn on us and they try to take Biden down? And I said, then we'll deal with them then. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, the worst part is I, I at first I wrote back and I said, I don't never care. get to that point because we decided to allow a fascist to get reelected. Well, exactly. I, I think I first wrote, I don't care. And then I thought, OK, there's no way anybody's going to interpret that correctly. But it was I meant it in the literal sense, like I honestly don't care if they're going to turn on us later because it doesn't matter. I mean, literally, literally, I look at it as I'm about to die and you're throwing me a lifesaver. And yes, <laughs> after you <laughs> save my life, I'm still a little worried that you might turn on me. This but I'd rather- I don't get fight right. that another day than just drown. Okay. A, I'm going to drown hundred percent. B, there's a chance you're going to turn on me, but it's not a hundred percent. Well, I'll take the chance. You don't you turn on me. You pointed out how, how you know, once one of the yeah. most virulent homophobes, hmm. maybe not anymore. He just stuck out at the time. I was thinking of Jesse Helms, although today oh, he was frankly, he would fit in very well with her. So I don't know. Yes, he, but he, he was, he was one of the most virulent homophobes. pretty awful. Yeah. He yeah. was back in a time when yeah. it was there were many more homophobes, but you were less likely to say it out loud, yeah. at least on this floor of fucking Congress in places. He would you know, he would and he came around, I believe you said on AIDS eventually. Uh, and, international and, AIDS, yes. Fine, international yes. AIDS. And yes. his leadership on that, working with him, needing his vote, um, was important. You know, when you get, uh, when you when we got, it ended up not working because something called the filibuster, which well, you can talk about another time. But when we got, when I was working with the Bloomberg folks and every time, we got Joe Manchin, you know, former NRA, A-rated, you know, guy from West Virginia and Pat Toomey, a former club for growth type Republican from Pennsylvania, co-sponsoring legislation. That was a big fucking deal. Right. And it was a big deal because I'm sorry if the, if the, the legislation at the time had been co-sponsored by Teddy Kennedy. <laughs> no, he wasn't with us at that point. I don't know. Pick two of the most liberal folks that were in, in, yeah. in the Senate in, in 2012. You know, if it had been, if it had been spo- co-sponsored yeah. by them, how do you bring in people you don't normally bring in? By Toomey doing what he was doing, he gave cover so that McCain, Collins, and a few other Republicans in the end, I think four or five of them, we lost a few of our own, and we had 56 votes, which in a normal democracy would work. Well, So we actually put together a coalition that got us a majority by a healthy margin, actually. Right. That's what you do. That's how you win. And that's that's why this is so frustrating. If Folks would be correct if there was like a – Republicans for Biden night, you know, and we were diluting it by, and we're having all these Republicans get up. Well, and like, Cliff, let, let me say two seconds. What they would be right is if to get those Republicans, we said, well, I guess we're going to have to change our position on women and gay rights to get Kasich to exactly. speech. That would be the problem, but we're not. 
Right. Go ahead. But that that was no, no, you're right. Actually, just truth of me, that's the issue. For Biden, right, and we still kept our positions. I'd probably be yeah. fine with that. There, exactly. So would lose their shit. So yeah. you know. But here's the deal. Like AOC <sighs> speaking. You know, Pete Buttigieg speaking, Bernie speaking, yeah. you know, Kamala Harris speaking. I don't have, I had the list in front of me earlier. I should probably go find it. Hmm. Um, I mean, there, you know, every Democrat, for the most part, you could want to be up there. Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. Oh, well, I mean, okay. But in all fairness, I, I get that people would be listening and say, yeah, but it's different having Bernie than having a Republican. Fair enough. But I guess I would want to know what's the harm you're talking about. And that's why I got back to, yeah, I think they're worried about idea. I don't even know people can enunciate the harm because the only harm they can enunciate is, but you're building them up and they're going to attack us later. And my response to that is what I said earlier. We are going to be dead as a country if this guy gets reelected. We have a chance to live if he doesn't get reelected. And if he- And if reform Biden, democracy and pass progressive reforms by pressuring the people in power. Everything, everything we're, we're gone. We are dead. We are dead if if Trump gets reelected, and if we and if Trump doesn't get reelected, and we get Biden, and we get the help of 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 the Project Lincoln and some other Republicans, is it guaranteed they're going to turn on us and they're going to destroy the Biden presidency and a Democrat will never win again? No, actually, no. I actually think that people <laughs> I mean, don't understand. Politics. It's a risk, but it's not a big risk. I, I just don't care. I'd rather live to fight another day. It's not, it's not a big risk as far as I'm concerned because yeah. you fight the battles you need to fight when they arrive. Yeah. But I would also argue that people who believe in this sort of fanciful notion of, oh, well, they're just going to go right back to being Republicans. You think after these guys not only attacked Trump but spent mm -hmm. time, money, effort attacking Susan Collins, Cory Gardner, doing everything they can, you think if, if they're blamed in the end for helping deliver a, a Democratic Senate – and for costing the Republicans House seats and for costing them potentially legislative chamber, chambers and states. You think, honestly, that Rick Wilson, John Weaver, those guys are ever going to be invited back in the Republican Party? As long as as long as you still have Ted Cruz there, as long as you yeah. still have Jim Inhofe there and Louis Gohmert and Jim Jordan and all this collection of fucking yeah. circus freaks? Of course you're not. They're not. They have no place in the Republican Party anymore. Right. They may attack certain things that Biden does. And right. you know what? That's right as Americans. I really don't care. Right. Um, that's up yep. to them. No, and we yep. yep. No, I'm with you. It's a very funny. It's just a very it's anyway. I, not funny. I get. But I think what people are and we can move on to the next topic. But I think what people are getting at is I think it is more of a just general concern that, you know, you're sucking up to these people. And does it mean we're giving up on our principles and we're forgiving what they did by supporting Bush and by getting us into it, like having David on the show from, right? Because he got us into the Iraq war. So are we, are we forgiving criminals? It, it's kind of, I get the, I get the ethical argument of it, you know, that it's almost the argument against schmoozing at cocktail parties. You know, you're all being, remember, remember, I, I got my picture with Catherine Harris, with Catherine Harris. Was that her name? Yes, the, the uh, Florida Attorney General, whatever she was, in charge of the elections, and I mean, I saw her at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and she's bedazzled, first of all, in all these diamonds, which was hysterical, right? And I mean, it was Catherine fucking Harris a couple of years after she stole the election. I was like, I've got to get a picture with this woman, and it was a kitsch picture. People flipped out at me. Oh my god! And Cliff, I mean, it was a total kitsch picture because I'm like, gay guy with woman with baubles. Oh, I'd love to. I'm like, thanks. Like this is gonna be hysterical. People flipped out, and I'm like. Do you honestly think like, <laughs> oh, I got a picture with Catherine Harris. Now I'm no longer against climate change. I mean, like, really? But but they've got I think actually. I think what is worrying folks is we have always had this weird fear 
that our support is only skin deep from people. And for some reason, we're very afraid. Look at Twitter, Cliff. The, the, the shit we all crouch would be my belief. But do you know what I mean? I mean, the shit we all get on Twitter from people where they're like, you're only realizing that now. You did this. You did that. You know, the shit you got for having David Frum on the show from people on Twitter. It's still is, hilarious because – well, wait, wait. Let, let, let me put Adam on the show. I yes, should say I still. But, find but wait, wait, wait. Let yeah. me put the finer point for twenty seconds on this. My point is, there's something that freaks people out on the left, where they're worried that even our own supporters, even our own activists, that that the support is very thin, so that they're willing to jump on you and say, "I knew you were a traitor." And you're like, "I've been doing this for thirty years. What do you mean you knew I was a traitor?" I've been, right. I've been doing good stuff for 30 years and I did one thing you didn't like on Twitter and now I'm the enemy. And, and we do that. We turn on people on well, a dime, but I'm wondering if there's something deeper where we just, I, I, no, as a I movement, think there's a few right, things going on there. John, that we're very usual, afraid I, of everybody on our own side. We just don't trust anybody. So there's a few things going on there. Uh, hmm. As usual, I don't think it's any one thing. One, yeah, there are a lot of Democrats who just are scared and feel like we're snake bit. You know, and have felt that way since Reagan, which is Reagan came in, was very popular. That what's a snake bit? That we're we are snake bitten. The term, oh, snake bitten. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. As in bad luck. As in look at two thousand, we were going to win, but then they took it from us. Look at two thousand sixteen, right. we we're going to win, but they look at us. You know, look at this great progressive Paul Wellstone. He gets in a plane crash. You know, yeah. I mean, there's there's all sorts of ways that things have happened to Democrats, and a um, there's logical explanations for all of it. You know, and especially like the electoral college and all of that. And right. I think some of it is is just people always feel like we're going to get gypped again, which I understand because yep. when it's happened to you a few times, some of it is still the residual. We're scared of everything because Ronald Reagan was popular, and it's and as Will Bunch, we've had him on, wrote a great book. Um, the Republicans just did a much better job of us than we did of mythologizing their president. He actually left relatively unpopular because of Iran Contra. You know, he never, on average, wasn't a more popular president than Bill Clinton or Barack Obama. You know, but we everybody feels like Reagan changed everything. Yep. You know what? We've got to do the ads, Cliff, which I forgot. Well, can we throw them in really quick? Thing. I just yeah. want to make the third point too. Yeah. And the third point is, and, and there's no point in denying this, there is a conspiratorial, crazy, far left element now that that has decided for clicks or money or grudges or whatever. You know, we've referred to them before. You know. The Glenn Greenwaldians and Matt Taibbi and and Katie Halper who play up every crazy left thing. And there's people even, frankly, nuttier than them who maybe don't have as big a following. And you know, this is this is what they do. You know, which is to to always sort of attack everybody else because nobody is pure enough for them. They don't get that actually how politics works, which is things evolve over time. You sometimes make compromises you'd rather not make because getting two thirds of something is better than nothing. You know, stuff like that. I think it's all right. of those things. All right, we could do our ads. But it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, let's do the ads real quick and then we'll uh and then we'll come back to our other topics, the the election, more election and oh and Hitler, Hitler, hey. For the elections and okay, don't, you know, don't we gotta, folks, we've got Hitler coming up. I was just gonna say we've gotta stop saying things like that before we go into ads because you know the advertisers are going, I can't believe you put me next it's to It's gonna topic. be a bad person who went to oh, Hitler's vacation home just to don't, yeah, exactly. It was yeah, yeah, it's not it's a yeah. But I mean, but oh. the ad people, you know, are gonna be crapping themselves that we just <laughs> put that side. <laughs> but first <laughs> a Word from the clean phone, bro. So did you know that a large percentage of the face masks sold on the market today are fraudulent? Did you, Cliff? Uh, I I think I'd heard this before from somewhere. Okay. See, see, everyone's heard it. Um, that would be a that would be a Donald Trump way. Would it see? I knew you'd heard this before and you're like, oh, oh people yes, are calling yes, me and yes. telling me. 
Sorry, exactly. exactly. You're like, no, Mr. Trump, that's because you keep reading the same ad. That's where you heard it before. Um, many of them claim to have levels of filtration they don't meet or worse, have virtually no filtration at all. By the way, study out today. We didn't want to do the ads long, but this isn't really an ad, what I'm telling you now. New study about face masks, and what they found was people using neck gaiters. Neck gaiters are those things you use uh, when you go skiing. Mm -hmm. They're also they'd also be akin to a dickie in the old days. Remember the thing men put around their neck to pull up with their suit or their overcoat. People are using those as masks because it's convenient around their neck and they pull it up. And what the study found, big surprise, the reason a dickie or a neck gaiter is comfortable. Cause like when you're skiing, you can just pull it up over your face and it's comfortable. The reason it's comfortable to breathe through is because it's porous. That's why it doesn't bother you when you pull a neck gaiter over your nose when you're skiing because you can breathe right through it and all the disease goes right through it. So they were like, the neck gaiter was worse than wearing nothing at all, they found. And then they found cloth. If you had three level, three layers of material, cloth was not bad, but you had to have three layers. Um, uh, and then medical masks were actually number two. I didn't know medical masks were any good at all. I thought they were just hmm. kind of, you know I mean like they look good, but they're not N95s. <clears throat> N95s are the top. But the next level down are medical masks, which I'm a little surprised. Anyway, so back to this, though. So uh, a very small number of manufacturers have respirator face mask models that are tested in the U.S. by the NPPTL and authorized by the FDA. Buying a mask model that has been FDA authorized is the best way to ensure, ensure you and your family are getting a true respirator mask. These masks filter to greater than 95% efficiency and can be reworn, making them a perfect choice as wearing masks is one of the key things we can do to keep ourselves and our neighbors safe. Right now, the NewDealShop.com has FDA authorized KN95 respirator masks with anti-fake stickers on every single package. These respirators masks are in stock in the U.S. and ship immediately for free for our listeners by adding the code SEXYLIBERAL. You can, it might be one word might be two. Uh, you can even get 10% off the clean phone UV ultraviolet sanitizer just for buying these FDA authorized masks. Oh, that's good. We've talked about the clean phone mm -hmm. pro before. Go to the newdealshop.com now and get verified, authenticated, FDA authorized KN95 masks shipped immediately to your home or business. That's the newdealshop.com, the newdealshop.com. And now a word about Cliff's face. <laughs> My lovely face, folks. I mean, it is lovely, but like I you, love this ad. I love your ad. <laughs> I mean, don't you love just getting together with people you love over the summer? I know I do. Yes. Uh, I mean, not as close as we used to, of course. I was just going to say, although like, we don't do that at all now. <laughs> that's right. There's nothing quite like a backyard barbecue talking about the good old days over a hot dog and grandma's potato salad. This wearing is exactly a mask. Wearing a mask. Yep. This summer, give everyone something new to talk about and show up to your barbecue looking 10 years younger. That's right. I said 10 years younger. You can show everyone your new you by using Plexiderm. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, fine lines, under eye bags, and it works in less than 10 minutes. That's right, folks, less than 10 minutes. The results last for hours long after everyone's finished off their watermelon and fruit salad. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines, which I laugh a lot, so that's a problem. Um, number 11s, I don't even know what those are, and crow's feet. Take up to 10 years off your appearance funny. this summer. I'm sorry? I don't know what a number 11 is. It must be something regarding... Yeah. Okay. Uh, take 10 years off your appearance this summer in less than 10 minutes with Plexiderm. You can try a six application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit tryplexiderm.com or call 800-685-1292 and save the code VOICES. This order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, lines, and under-eye bags disappear, folks, with Plexiderm. Visit tryplexiderm.com or call 800-685-1292 
and say the code voices at checkout and you will look sexy as hell. I had Woo. There you um, go. So we could talk about the Veep stakes, the VP, but we really don't have anything new. I mean, I don't know whether, you know, there, there's been a lot of concern about sexism. I will say this too. I think Biden and his team have been very smart to try to preempt the sexism stuff. They saw what Hillary went through four years ago. And it's not just that people are making sexist comments about the VP because it's expected it'll be a woman. I think they're also, they they are playing 11th dimensional chess. They're thinking we're going to have to go through the same bullshit Hillary did. Let's preempt it. By getting know, these, I, right? They've certainly done that, and yeah. needed a, and and I mean the way the best. So the way media, you, the media especially, is going to be very careful now. Well, I think. the best way you preempt something is by pointing out uh, and, and pointing out that the other side's going to do it. Yeah. So that you prep the media to look for it, you know. And I know that would you'd think that would be obvious, but sometimes they don't act. The media doesn't act like it is. So you prep them and you point out in ways that the that the right is being sexist, which yeah. they are. I mean, to me, and I know some of this came from the media too. Like the in well, the media is being sexist too. <laughs> well, the, that's what I'm saying. Some of this, some yeah. this came straight to the media that attack on Kamala Harris for being ambitious. Ambitious. I mean, oh my God. She, did you know? Right? Did you know she actually wanted to be president? That witch. Exactly. Nobody <laughs> else wants to be. Did you know she criticized Joe Biden during a debate where they that's were supposed just, to be debating? Oh, and by the way, what they said was she refused to apologize for criticizing Biden during the debate. Oh my God. That's I'm like, terrible. come on. No, I thought. We talked about this during the show. Remember, I thought she was very harsh on Biden. I didn't like it, but it's also because I liked Biden more than her. And I absolutely admit that I suspect it was just my biases. I think whoever you like, you're more sensitive to them. So when Pete gets attacked, I would get a little more upset. You're just per se going to take it as more of an attack. Um, I mean, that's but, it but to throw it like she needs to apologize. No, she would need to apologize if she said, Joe, you're an old cooter asshole. Then, yeah. You know, you and, and you, right? I hope you freaking choke on your you know whatever you know then uh then no, but, but she she tried to hit him with the race card i thought it was a bit nasty but it was not out of bounds in the sense of she's really gonna apologize and you know like you know what by the way too what she did to biden in those debates is exactly what i want her to do to trump and pence that's so that, right. like, I look at it as, oh my god, I I like her. I mean, I know some people don't like her her criminal justice background. I, I think. She is presidential. She knows how to fight back. She doesn't always do a good job fighting back. The The one debate at CNN, it wasn't a debate. CNN went and interviewed the individual candidates for an hour each in a town hall, and she wasn't great. She, something happened that day. It was after, remember all the weird waffling stuff that she was doing that people- Well, that was their problem in the end. I think know, it was, it's, again, the, the reports were the, the campaign, which she made the classic mistake. Oh, that, her sister, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Who follows me on Twitter, by the way, interestingly enough. And again, I'm not trying to yeah. make, but it, you, you can't have people that are emotionally involved. It's always been yeah. like a running joke about spouses oh. and, I mean, husbands too, not just wives, brothers, sisters, daughters, sons. I mean, Joe Lieberman had a kid that was a big pain in the ass on his campaigns. You know, Bill Clinton's brother <laughs> left a lot to be desired. I mean, we can go on and on. Like, they, they, you just, this is not an unusual thing. And you try to eliminate that as much as possible. And I just think, there was a mistake made by giving your sister the role that they gave her. Yeah. But whatever, yeah. you know, in the end, she's got a lot going for her. I've said before, I'm on the Innocence Project board in Ohio. And I say that purposely to say I care about these issues. Yes, she was a prosecutor. She was a prosecutor at a time where a lot of folks had a blind spot when it came to our criminal justice system. We've gotten a lot better. I'm not saying, oh, you know, you know, she deserves no criticism. Everyone, no one's perfect and deserves criticism. But to be like that's disqualifying to me is is ridiculous. Or you'd find yeah. something to disqualify 
everyone, I would include, I would encourage people, Peter Beinart, who's been a writer for a long time, once was the editor of the New Republic, has a piece in the Atlantic um, on, you know, called Kamala Harris did what she had to do. And attacking her record in crime policy, her critics are ignoring how politics actually works. I would encourage people to read it. But again, and I'm not just doing this to defend Kamala Harris, I would defend anybody this way. Which is, I'm sorry, but you know what? People make mistakes. It was like, I can't, the people that are holier than thou that criticize somebody for a mistake they made 20 years ago or 15 years ago, as if they've made none in their lives. Come on. Well, you um, know what, well, you know, yeah. you know what bothered me too with that was I was reading up on this the other day, and a lot of it, somebody wrote an op ed about it was basically that now, granted, this was like four years ago, but still, four years was an eon ago if you're talking about Black Lives Matter, right? Like yes. they, they they got peed for the same thing in the early in the early 2012 or whatever, and you're like eons ago. Right. Um, it, it it's like the gay marriage thing. Actually, remember gay marriage so quickly that even a couple years ago, it might as well be two decades. Ago. Well, it doesn't same mean you should me be too, bad right? on the. It doesn't mean you should be bad on the on the issue. But literally, they're saying. In, I literally saw the quote in the op-ed saying, you know, in today's age of BLM and wokeness and blah 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 to police violence, she didn't do enough, and you're like. Okay, but she didn't do enough four years ago. A, I, I don't, I don't know that she didn't do enough. First of all, you know, just because you allege it doesn't mean it's true. But also, it was four years ago, which in today's age, it's, it's, it's. My point here is, if today with everything going on, you, for example, you still go, you know what? That's not my top priority. Had you told me four years ago that police violence against black, you know, young black men wasn't your top priority as president, I would have said, well, that's okay. I don't expect it to be your top priority. Today, it shouldn't be your top. It should be the virus and the economy, but it should be a close second or third <laughs> on the agenda. It should be really far up there, not four years ago. Right. I mean, right. anyway, well, that's my point. And you could still, people could still get pissed at me for saying that. Oh, listen to him. He said it's not a priority, right? I mean, it's, anyway, I feel like there's a bit of game playing with people who just don't want her. You know, now Susan Ricecliff, what do you think? Susan Rice worries me because I think she's not political. I think she's not hawk. political enough. Oh, you know? I wasn't even thinking the hawk. You're right. Well, the people on the left will definitely, You're right. you know. Because she's I foreign mean, policy lady. Yeah. Yes. Um, here's the that's thing. Funny. Yeah. That I think it's worth Worth you know that I think it's worth mentioning right now. That's interesting, and again, this may mean nothing, but you know, it's, it's uh, and I'm not the first to see this. Others have noticed this too. So they released the the list of convention speakers, and what's interesting here is both Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris are on it. They also have a spot for quote unquote VP nominee. Right. We don't know who that is yet. But right. what's interesting is that the two others that are supposedly finalists. Val Demings and Susan Rice are not on there. Yep. So, and again, that would, to me, that would just seem to be too easy. They'd be giving it away and I can't believe that they would do that. So I don't think it matters. I just think if Kamala Harris or, or Elizabeth Warren were picked, they would slot them into where the VP nominee speaks and they would switch them out with one of the two women we're talking about or somebody else right. and whatever. But it is interesting that, that in and of themselves, neither Susan Rice nor Val Demings are on there. The other two are. Um, and, uh, you know, whether that means anything or not, I doubt it does, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, no, it's a, in any case, it's, I'm going to be, as other people are saying too, I'm going to be happy with anybody at this point, anybody who's on the list and that's fine. But, um, you know, let's move on. I'm to be happier with other, some than others. 
And then yeah. here's what I'm going to do right after that. I'm going to remind myself that there's a guy who's president who has oh, basically exactly. said nothing about Russian bounties exactly. on our troops and put kids in cages and is rolling yeah. back all sorts of environmental regulations to make climate change worse yeah. and won't do a damn thing about guns and thinks Putin's awesome and try oh, to extort well. Ukraine. And, <laughs> yeah. and I go on and on. So you know what? Like literally yeah. you could pick – There's a, I've got a, a cup of, of iced Gatorade next to me. You could yeah. pick that as your and that would be fine. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I have to say too, I mean – it's interesting because some people, there were like a hundred black men signed a letter or a thousand maybe, whatever. But mind you, out of a country of 30 million people signed a letter saying if Biden doesn't pick a black woman as vice president, you know, he's going to lose and blah, blah, blah. And I saw some blue check people on Twitter basically following up with the Marine doubt argument saying, you know, what messes, well, it was something weird about it was something weird about, about you know, if if a woman isn't on the ticket, it says women aren't welcome. And it's kind of like. Remember when uh, at the very beginning, when beginning, haha, meaning two years ago, when we had all the women running and it was, it was, you know, the year of the woman running for Democratic presidential nominee. And we had, my God, I don't know, six, seven women, whatever. Remember, because you had Tulsi and you had what's her face from New York, right? You had everybody. More women than men, right? You you had Tulsi and Elizabeth Warren. You had, you had, yeah, what's her, I can't think of her name. Um, New York. 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 Brand. Yep. You had Amy Klobuchar and Kamala Harris. Who are we missing? (laughs) You had Marianne Williamson. Oh she God, I forgot about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, yeah you shouldn't have been on that stage. Six or seven all, of them. Yeah. There certainly were maybe not more women than men, but certainly I feel yeah. like there were as many. It was pretty close. Yeah. But people were saying that, remember, but the women weren't polling as well. And everybody in the media tried to make it a thing. And then of course, some people picked it up and ran with it that, oh, men are polling the best. It's Pete, it's, you know, it's Pete, uh, Biden, and you know, whatever. Although actually Warren ended up doing better than Pete, but it's it's Pete, Biden, and Bernie that are the ones that are doing best. And it's not fair because Democrats don't care about women and they're not they if they don't and people are using the same word, if they don't have a diverse ticket, then it means and I kept going, guys, we had our last three presidential nominees were a black man, a black man, and a woman. That's and people point. keep forgetting that. And it doesn't mean, well, we don't, then Again, we shouldn't have I'm, a woman now. But it's, it is bullshit for anybody to put out there. And even, but Cliff, wait, 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 let me finish here. Because my point is even saying that it's got to be a woman and it's got to be a black woman. Like our president was black the last two times. I mean, I think, I think we've earned some brownie we, we points we, in we saying, that right. you know, like, I mean, I don't mean it doesn't mean you don't have a black woman as nominee, but to say like you've got to because black women came out for us, our president was black and we picked him twice. I'm just saying it. it bothered, I mean, frankly, it the last weird. time we had two it white just, yeah. Christian guys on the ticket was in 2004. And I know a lot of people may not consider this. And 2004, what do you mean? The 2004 presidential election was the last time we had two white guys on the ticket together. Totally spacing out. 2008. Uh, the Obama's black. Oh, 2008 was Obama. Oh my God. I'm literally, I'm having a Trump <laughs> moment. I'm thinking of 2012 as Obama. That's funny. Yeah. You're not going to tell me that the Spanish flu right. was World War II next, are you? Or that you live in fire. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, yeah, I was so, like, yeah. So the last time was 2004 and right. that was even interesting. And I guess a lot of people will find it that interesting now because the, we broke that barrier, but it's still worth pointing out that John Kerry was Catholic and only the second Catholic uh, nominee of a part of a of the Democratic Party. Yep. No, that's not true. We had Al Smith back in 1928. The only the third Catholic nominee, and, I, and the Republicans, to my knowledge, have never had one. And that was, and then you go back to the year 2000, and uh, Al Gore picked a Jewish guy, 
And we may not like the Jewish guy he picked, <laughs> which we right. don't, Joe Lieberman, but there was some diversity. I mean, there's been some kind of diversity other than white Christian straight male Protestant on every Democratic ticket in some way or another since 19- the last one when there were two straight white male Protestants was 1996. And in a country that is majority all the things I just mentioned, that does matter. I'm sorry that there's only been one Catholic president. I mean, we, there may be a whole lot of Catholics on the Supreme Court these days, but but that's appointed and voted by the Senate. That, you know, it, it, the fact that there was a Jewish VP nominee, nominee that mattered. And the fact that an African-American became president and we nominated a woman, we've made attempts to have diversity on right. all of our tickets in the 21st century of some sort. No, and, and, and there's I, more it, to be done, but I think some of course, there's credit. a ton more just, to be done, but it doesn't mean that we credit. haven't tried, you know? And, well, and we haven't succeeded, Cliff. I mean, right. it's pretty cool that we – I'm sorry, but it's – I really was worried the first time I was an Obama guy early on which yep. you know, pissed off the Hillary people, but I was for Obama and it was pretty cool. We elected him. I didn't think, I thought we were going to have the Jesse Helms effect where a lot of white people were going to say there's no fucking way. And they, they voted for him. Thank Is God. It, what was the guy's name? You know? Bradley, who was the mayor, the mayor of Los Angeles. Right. Where, you know, when they first counted that, where a lot of people would say publicly right. they were going to vote for him and then they would. Right. Yeah. I yep. believe me. That's another example of why Democrats are always worried. You know, you brought up that up earlier. Another reason right. why, because as progressives, we're always progressing and trying something we're not sure everybody's willing to accept. Yeah. Whereas Republicans go back to the same old, same old. We put the first African-American up there. We put the first woman up there. We put the first Jewish VP up there. And people were worried, even with Al Gore, there were people after the election who were saying, well, the, you know, Lieberman may have cost you West Virginia and Tennessee. I don't believe that for a second. Those places, rural areas were trending Republican all over. <clears throat> but right. the point is, is that there's always people on our side who are worried because of where we actually, you know, and we will have the first gay nominee. Right. It may be in four, eight or 12 years, Pete Buttigieg, it may be somebody else. Right. Well, we will have the first transgender you know, we'll have the first non-conforming. We'll have, you know, if there's a, a if a space person comes down to Earth, we'll have them first. I'm just saying we will always be trying new and different things first because we believe everybody deserves right. a shot. Right. So, you know, what I wanted wanted to say earlier again is, you know, uh, and you're making a good point, and but I wanted to add to that is there are always going to be purists who who are complete hypocrites and never look in their own lives in the ways they've evolved and they've changed. You know. Um, and they've, you know, they've moved. My wife and I know somebody who is this, you know, like outspoken, like leftist now. And this person, you know, could, was saying they they would not, were not going to vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016. I think they ended up doing it, but we're not going to do it because Hillary Clinton had supported the Iraq War. This is a person who had only become a Democrat in 2008 and voted for the, for Bush to be reelected in 2004. Right. So we were sort of like, so it was okay for you after Iraq to vote for Bush again. And after all the stuff that Bush did, that was okay. But you're now judging the Democratic nominee on the mistake they made. I mean, it just people refuse to look into their own lives and, and just sort of and, and say, we do the best we can. People make mistakes and screw things up. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so there's always the purity people. And then there's also just, you know, there's trolls out there and they just get off on attacking people like you or me or anybody yeah. else who, who want things to work because they're so miserable in their own lives or whatever that they're just, you know, they, and there's some of them on the far crazy left too that just want everything to blow up. Oh, by the way, we need to, Hitler, Hitler. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Hitler. 
what is, since we since we keep throwing this to you about Hitler, I mean not about Hitler, yeah, you might as well tell oh, folks what, so what's the story. The tell, Jew, who is, right? And who is the guy too, by the way? Yeah, throw it to the Jew. <laughs> is that what I'm saying? Is that what I'm saying? Work, you, sort of. um, Our own little George Soros, Cliff Schechter. <laughs> uh, and I'll say while we're saying all this, Survey USA poll out. Uh, it just came out uh, in Georgia. Biden forty six, Trump forty four. Which I don't know if we talked about in this show or not. How happy I am that Biden decided they've got enough money that they're advertising in Georgia, Texas, Ohio, Iowa, and going big. North Carolina, Florida, because they can win them all. Okay, I digress. Um, me, a Jew, theoretically. Not much of one, but whatever, and and Hitler, who would have considered me one, even though I don't go to temple. Walk into so, a bar. So you said me, a Jew, and Hitler. Jews and Hitler walk into a bar, right? <laughs> they sit down. So anyway. you've, everybody knows the jackass currently serving is Donald Trump's um, uh, sick chief sycophant, uh, uh, chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Yep. He came from a very Republican seat in North Carolina, left that seat. Um, I haven't looked at the, because I saw this right before we went on, I haven't looked at the demographics, but we, the, what's interesting, I think Asheville is part of the district. So there's a, one very liberal town in there. I don't know how bad it is. There's no doubt it's strongly Republican. So the guy they've chosen uh, to go ahead and, and run for that open seat uh, posted pictures and was proud of visiting the Eagle's Nest, which was Hitler's uh, Bavarian retreat up in the mountains. Right. Um, because apparently at this point, being like we've gotten past, you know, the 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 Pinochet phase where some of them were you know, came out as pro Pinochet. We've gotten past the Q phase and the other conspiracy phases. I guess we're just doing Hitler was good straight out now. Hitler's kind of an evergreen, party. you know. What'd you say? Hitler's kind of an evergreen. He never gets old. That's true. So, so, so at this point, it seems the Republican Party is, you know, or at least objectively, people running w- with the Republican nominee. Are just objectively pro Hitler. I mean, we, we've really we've crossed that Rubicon now too. Um, a good friend of mine who's also a writer. You should follow him, Jamie O'Grady. He used to write for sports and culture publications. He's on Twitter. He's he's based in North Carolina, and he's the first one who tweeted this. <clears throat> what is this jackass? Is he Madison? Oh no, Madison yeah, uh, If you oh, look yeah, at his it. picture, he literally looks like the embodiment of somebody that Hitler would he- love. I mean, no, he's disabled. So there's so Hitler would oh, hate that. Okay. Nope. Hitler would kill him. Sorry. Did you see that? Hitler would kill him. But um, the disabled part. Now I'm seeing it in the picture. Otherwise, he looks very Hitler-like in yeah. terms of he's blonde hair. Well, no, Hitler youth-like, not Hitler. But he's, yes. he's no, he's a very cute blonde guy that looks very German. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, he's running for the North Carolina 11 seat. I would tell people um, we happen to have an incredible candidate running in that district. It'll come down to whether the district is winnable. I first discovered him on Twitter, which is Colonel Morris Davis, former colonel uh, who's been – you know who he is, right? You know I know the names. Why? Because um, he's you know got a, about 160,000 followers on Twitter. He was one of those people that after Trump was elected, you know, there, the, there was sort of people from the military and intelligence establishment who right away right. came out and said this guy's hmm. a, a traitor and a disgrace. Right. And Morris Davis, before he was running for office – he had, he had just left the military. He was already, a, you know, what is he? He's a retired Air Force colonel, hmm. ex-Guantanamo chief prosecutor. There you go. Not somebody who you with the sort of, hi, I'm talk, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm touchy-feely. He was a, prosecutor, he's a chief prosecutor right. in Guantanamo. Right. Right. And um, he's running in this North Carolina district, and he has been you know, out and out after Trump from the very beginning. And, and you know, 
called himself, said, I won't, you know, I think he was a former Republican, or at least maybe when he was in the military, called himself an independent, but he's running in that district. And if anybody has a chance, he's got a lot of charisma. And again, that's why he blew up on Twitter because he was no taking no shit from the beginning. Right. Um, he's running against the Nazi lover. So right. I would encourage people to vote against Nazi lover in North Carolina 11 as a district um, and support Colonel Morris Davis. Well, and, and actually get him on the show. Because he'd be an interesting guy to have. Oh, on. the good guy, you mean, not the yeah, the not the Nazi. No. Well, Our advertisers would like that. And right back after this, from live from the Eagles. Nest. <laughs> yeah, that would be just a, you know, um, no, his the. I wanted to read his Instagram. I shared it earlier, if I can find it quickly. But his Instagram picture, because basically he goes there, posts the picture, and it it's a little weird because first of all, he's talking about. Oh, I got to see if I can find this quickly. I thought I shared it this morning. He's talking about. Um, how it was on his bucket list, first of all, going to Hitler's thing. And I'm like, okay, if you're a war buff, right? If you're a history buff, going to Hitler's, was it Berchtesgaden, whatever it was, but Hitler's yeah, little well, retreat I'm on the mountaintop. I'm a history buff. I'd want to take pictures there too. I wouldn't brag you about know, how it like a great moment in my life. I went to well, the it, Frank Museum. I went to the Holocaust Museum. That's I went the to problem. A concentration camp in, in, outside of uh, Terezin, outside of yeah. Prague. I mean, I did all those things because you have to, to be an educated, in my well, opinion. But that's educated. the problem is him. he was very, oh, Cliff, I've got to find this as we're talking about. Oh, the smiling pictures? He was having a ball. Edison, Co. oh, there it is, uh, Cawthorn. Oh, I'm sure it'll be, the, it'll be the top story about him probably. Um, uh, Cawthorn Hitler. <laughs> we'll just type that. <laughs> oh, here we go. Like Cawthorn Hitler and see what comes up. Um, okay, yeah, here we go. So it's... Uh, um, the vacation house of the Fuhrer. Okay, that was the first problem. He he. He's like, actually referring to him as, as our, the, Fuhrer. the father. Now, the Fuhrer. I, I guess he's trying to be funny, but it sounds deferential. You know, instead of the vacation out of Hitler, the mind you, instead of Hitler's vacation house, he's saying the vacation house of, which is a more formal way of speaking to start with, yes. deferential. The vacation house of the Fuhrer. So already you're kind of like, dude, like what, you know, seeing the eagle's nest has been in my bucket list for a while. It did not disappoint. Strange to hear so many laughs and share such a good time with my brother, where only 79 years ago, a supreme evil shared laughs and good times with his compatriots. And you're kind of like, you know, there's something not, and they're both smiling in the picture. <laughs> too. Right here. It feels like he had but, to throw evil in there because he knew because he, he had to. He thought, oh, that's right. I'm having too much fun. It reminds me of the people, remember everybody going to Auschwitz or uh, it was either Auschwitz or one of the uh, the Nazi places where they had the big memorial garden of all the stones sticking up for each victim or something like that. And they were doing, they were doing all those fun selfies. Yes. And finally, Aus the Auschwitz Museum had to weigh in and go cut it out. Like, It'd be like if um, I were going with my family to like Pearl Harbor and like being like, hey, kids, point at the sunk, half sunken Arizona or whatever right. there and, and smile. You know, like there are right. things you don't do because yeah. you're seeing something. And I haven't been there. My wife has when she was a kid. I very badly want to go to Pearl Harbor because I am a history buff and, and all right. that. But I will treat it with the respect and dignity it deserves when I go. There's just, I mean, there's exactly. There's just 3,000 yeah. people. You, you know, it's like going to 9-11 and like doing handstands. Yeah. Or you not nine eleven grounds here. I mean, I mean and again, he did the he did the nod. You know, he did the nod to the evil thing, which is great. But it, there's just there's something weird about going to like Hitler's little hideout and saying, "Oh, we laughed and it was so much fun and so weird." You think in the air, I, I found myself I mean, laughing and crying. It inspired me to write poetry. 
Well, and it was well, Andy's saying, and it was so weird to think of the juxtaposition of the evil man plotting the doom of six million Jews. And you're just kind of like, well, maybe because what was in the air was the evil man plotting the doom of six million Jews. Maybe you're talking about you're in a lair where a guy planned. (laughs) And well, and but no, my point, Cliff, is maybe the poignancy of the moment. And especially, mind you, if you're some student of history, especially, because why else are you saying it was on your bucket list? The poignancy of the moment would have made you walk around in awe and go, Jesus Christ, look at how beautiful this is. What an asshole. I mean, and the weird juxtaposition of the gaudiness versus the camps, like it should have given you a creepy feeling. It should have given you a sad feeling, not a, oh, we laughed and laughed. I it's, even like, it's weird. Know, things it's just are less- weird. I mean, yeah, if you've been, you know, I, if, I mean, I, yeah. I know you lived in France the way I lived in France, but so I'm sure you went to Normandy or maybe yep. you didn't, but you may have. Yep. You, you, when you go there, you know, it's like going to the Arlington Cemetery. I went to the one also in the Philippines in, outside of Manila, which I believe is the largest in the Pacific, the largest uh, cemetery <laughs> for American soldiers. Right. Like, you don't need anybody to tell you how to act at those places. You just you talk about feeling it in the air. Yeah. You feel it in the air. If we, or the Korean or Vietnamese memorials in Washington, D.C., like you, Korean War, Vietnam, you feel the seriousness of purpose. You yeah. feel the loss. You feel what people gave. You don't need anybody to tell you. Yeah. You know it. And it's if weird. you don't know it's it, weird. there's something. Well, and by the way, he's, honestly a, fucking wrong with he's you a 25 year old. He's a 25 year old kid. And this is also a tweet that you'd get from a 25 year old kid, you which is why you don't elect a 25 year old kid to Congress. Okay, I will agree with you, except for I will say people who know me, who've listened to me on this podcast, who've listened to me on other things I've been on or whatever, know that, you know, the way I write, that I have a sense of humor. You may like it, you may not like it, but I'm a goofball, and I always have been. I I have some things I'm very serious about. I also try to be goofy. Imagine me with some beer in me and how much worse I was when I was 20, 21. Well, that was when I was doing my first year rail tour. When I was studying in England and going to places like the Anne Frank House and going to Terezine, the, the, right. the former uh, workers' camp, concentration camp outside of Prague, um, the Jewish ghetto in Berlin, which by oh, the way – Oh, wasn't friends, that Theresienstadt or something it's called? Uh, late- Terezine. It, it may be in, in German. I don't know. It was Terezine was what the – Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I know the name, but I knew it as a longer – yeah. And, 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 and again, I have a, a yeah. sense of humor. I've even been accused sometimes of going too far with it. I think you accused me of that. And that's what I used to write for your blog, John. You'd be like, oh, shit, you went there? <laughs> oh, I'd publish it. I just went, I... Oh, like, yeah. I can't believe you said that. Yeah. Not once in any of those places as a 21-year-old kid. Oh, you're I right. Ever... It's it's the fortress town of Terezine, and the yes. camp ghetto was called Theresienstadt. Super there you cool. go. Right. And, Yay. And, there, and I went there as a, as a 21-year-old, and I'm telling wow. you, that's where they had a children's Did you laugh and, and remark yeah, on how happy John, you were? I went in the Museum of Children's Art from the kids there who had perished oh. there. Oh. I mean, and I didn't, you know, and I didn't have wow. kids back then, and yet I didn't have to. Like, there's just no way yeah. you can't go to places like that and be overcome by the seriousness of those moments of where, not that long ago, like you know, this isn't going to like you know a 12th century you know uh, battle scene or something. You're going to something that that when my parents were alive for, and right. had they been my parents been born in some of those places as certain members of my family were, they would have gone to camps. Right. So like, you know, but okay, he's not that he's different. I don't care. You're 25. There's, there's no excuse. I don't care that you're a kid. I don't care what's going on. There's no way you go to these kinds of places and you have that reaction. I can't accept that. And yeah. again, you know, yeah, anywhere. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, 
where, where no, something it's, horrible it's, yeah. I, it, like that occurred, whether it's 9-11, whether it's the Vietnam War, you know, whether it's any of that stuff, I'm sorry, you can't, you know? Yeah. That's my feeling. So he's a douche, yeah. and let's hope Colonel Morris Davis crushes him. Well, it, it just, yeah, whatever. I just, well, no, I, but also, yeah, I think I'll know. just say quickly, it's the bigger issue of what is acceptable in the Republican Party today. Yeah. Because there was a time, even 20 years ago, I remember when Ollie North was running and, what you know, Virginia for the Senate and admitted to crimes against the Constitution for which he was convicted. And only later was that conviction overturned in a technicality, not because yeah. he didn't do it. And, you know, Senator John Warner the old time, you know, Secretary of the Navy, you know, I believe under Reagan, you know, longtime Republican sort of, you know, uh, gray hair from Virginia refused to support Ollie North, you know, um, stuff like that. Right. I mean, I guess you do see it somewhat in, in John Kasich doing what he's doing, but John Kasich is almost making sure that he has no place anymore in the Republican Party. <clears throat> Republicans in good standing used to do stuff like this. Yep. They used to say that is it. That is a step too far. And that's when you if more of them had done that along the way, we wouldn't be here. But now we're at a point where this guy can do this. And I promise you, he'll still have party support. They won't say we don't care if we lose that seat. Right. We're not going to elect a guy who thinks it's fun and laugh at, you know, goes and laughs and enjoys himself at Hitler's vacation spot. Yep. That he's creepy and fucking weird because they had a guy who, who was creepy and fucking weird who called 13-year-old girls in trigonometry class and asked them out who ran for governor or mayor – I'll get it eventually – senator in Alabama, <laughs> yeah. and yep. they supported him. And if it wasn't for the good judgment, thank God, of, of enough Alabamians – who, by the way, you should all support Doug Jones again against yeah. Lugnut, you know, Tommy, Tommy Tony – To the right Tuberville. of Sessions, yeah. Um, but in any case – yeah. All right. I've, so, I've, I've well, said my piece. Let's, you know, I guess the last thing we can just have a little quick thing about coronavirus. So Russia this morning announces that it's got a vaccine. It's approved. Russia, Russia. Oh, God. Sorry. Well, they they haven't even done stage three trials yet and did my reading this morning. Stage three is when they do mass human trials. And I mean, thousands and thousands of people because what you're really checking for is once again, safety. Now I didn't realize stage three, you still had some safety issues because you don't the first couple stages. You just aren't giving it to that many people. Right. So that you're not, even though you'll get to see safety overall, like, is it killing people or not? You don't get to see the nuances of all the possible reactions people can have to it because there just aren't enough people. So like if, you know, 2% or 5% get whatever, and you've only got 50 people, you could have nobody have that, you know, get cancer. Nobody could it's, get cancer. It's the same principle in right? polling of you need a statistically significant number. Sampling, if exactly. You, if you pull three of your friends and ask them their, their yeah. opinions, that's not, yeah. So, you so that's why you need stage three, which is thousands and thousands or possibly even 100,000 people. Um, some get a, a placebo, some get the vaccine, and you then look at them for months to see, you know, do they, stay, for example, even knowing if it works, you've got to go through many months to see, does it work? Right. Because typically, typically with this vaccine, they were saying, mind you, this is Russia. But in the rest of the world, you can't just inject people with like expose them to coronavirus after they get the vaccine and say, hey, let's see if they get sick because the virus can do so much. Whereas with a cold, you could well, potentially, you, you know, theoretically, yeah. you can't. But I don't think anybody does. No, Russia, Russia will find some volunteers, oh, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. So now he's claiming the vaccine's been approved, but 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 nobody in their right mind thinks this vaccine could actually be approved. He did it to somersault everybody else. He claims he gave it to his daughter, which sounds to me just like Trump and hydroxychloroquine. Oh, I took sure. it myself. It's, it's bullshit. bullshit. It's bullshit. Putin, Putin didn't give it to his daughter. Putin is giving it to, you know, 100,000 peasants he first. He gave it out. 
to right and then he's giving the it to thing is, he'll, what he'll yeah. do is say i'm giving it to my good friend donald trump first because of our great relationship could you imagine oh, yeah i i fully expect something yeah. like that i mean Think of the different yeah. things these guys can do between yeah. now and an election to change the trajectory. Yep. And you should expect them all. You should expect yeah. Barr to and come Trump out and announce and Trump gets he's to thinking say, about indicting yeah. Biden or someone like that. You should expect Trump to come out and say, because the Democrats always attack me for Russia, because of my great relationship yeah. that nobody else in the history of the world has ever had. Exactly. We're going to get it first. We're going to save lives. You know, you should expect well, actually, that. Actually, you know that's what's going on right now. Of course it's he's, he's telling people, tell them they need to get Russia's vaccine. Or he may do like a five-way yeah. tie of all of the places, you know, where he's supported people who who owe him. He'd be like, I'll give you to you know, to Boris, you know, Johnson and Fred in in the United Kingdom, and I'm giving, you know, like whoever their allies are. Yeah, right. They'll, yeah. they'll try to prop up their allies. What's his name? Orban in Hungary, because yep. they want to prop up their non-democratic allies, and and obviously we're the biggest prize by far. But you know what? They they obviously to them it's important to undermine the United Kingdom too. Yeah, and no, no, it's it's it's. Everything he's wanted. Don't be surprised there if. Uh, I'm just saying, like, yeah. you, you know, the, this is there's you know, even with a vaccine that we that works, this is good. This is the kind of thing that Republicans and really Republicans more recently, but even leftist anti-vaxxers, like fringe types, have always played on. There will be a certain number of people who have an adverse reaction to a vaccine, and a few might even die. Right. That's just the way it works. You can't. I mean. What we're doing here is we're looking statistically at what saves lives versus what kills more people. And right. if if we've got a couple percent death rate, you know, especially among certain groups, you have a couple percent death rate with with COVID, and you have a one one thousandth of a percent death rate, whatever it is, with a vaccine. You know what you're going to choose. Yeah, I mean that's uh-huh. what we're doing here. It sucks. The, um... They, I saw an interview on CNN this morning with Thomas or Tomas Puello, who I Googled him finally. He's the guy that wrote the Medium piece that went crazy. And everybody was like, Tomas Puello is his name, P-U-E-Y-O. He uh, works for a startup or of some kind in San Francisco. Uh, European, sounds Spanish, but also sounds a little French. And that's because he's Spanish-French. <laughs> born, in, born in France, moved to Spain at an early age, is fluent in both, went to school in Paris. So he's he's both. But in any case, he wrote this medium piece several months ago, kind of analyzing where things were going with the virus. And because he's a data guy. And as a right. non, I think he's a non-coronavirus expert, but he's not one, but he did such a compelling piece that Anderson Cooper had him on. I mean, it was really, so he was on CNN again this morning. And basically after talking about where things stand, he said, you know, the, the at the rate we're going, if we get lucky and more people start wearing masks, and he started saying a couple of different lucky scenarios, he said, you know, for example, he goes, it looks like we're getting the death rate down, which is good. You know, it may, we may even get it down as far as 0.5%. You know, the flu is 0.1%. This could be 05 if we're lucky. He said, if we get it that far, at the rate we're going, by the time this is over, you know, we'll have 170 million or whatever people infected probably, blah, blah, blah. He said, you know, we might only have 500,000 to 700,000 deaths. If we get lucky at the point at the at the point we're going right now, the path we're going now, five hundred to seven hundred thousand. If we get lucky, if we get lucky, and that doesn't mean we pull out all the stops and go crazy, but it means we do better than the plan right now. That's how. And I mean, again, I think you know. Unfortunately, um, uh, let me rephrase this. Fortunately, not enough people have died, so that a lot of people unfortunately think this isn't a big deal. You know, when only 160,000 or 200,000 die, which is the number is actually 200,000, they think, the unofficial number of how many people have died. 
you still, most people don't know somebody who died. I do, but most don't, or they don't even know somebody who got super sick. I have a cousin who died. So, you know, I mean, again, she was older, but doesn't matter. She still may, she still likely had years to live. And, uh, and then we both know a bunch of people who've gotten very sick from it. I mean, we had near attendant on who was a friend, but I, I, in my private life, I have, uh, I can think of three friends, uh, from various times in my life who've gotten it. Um, and uh, they're all okay, at least at this point, thankfully. Um, but it's, you know, I mean, it, it, that's the thing. All, like with all these other things, it's the same principle as gun violence, gay marriage, um, mar- medical and regular marijuana, whatever. It's when enough people know somebody who has been hurt or benefited from something is when views start to change. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and sadly, it's going to happen with this. Because there's just no way we're going to ever, it, it, you know, unless you're living in mm-hmm. off of some compound somewhere by yourself in Montana and don't see anybody ever and don't talk to anybody, we will get to a place where everybody, ding, will, ding, ding, ding. Yep. everybody will know somebody who's had it. And a lot of, I'd say a lot of people, I don't know the stats on it, maybe a majority of people will know somebody who's died from it. Yeah. You know? It's just too many. It's just too many. And well, and again, the problem you start getting if it blows up, which we, we don't have to rehash this, but that the emergency rooms get full and then you can't go for regular procedures so that more people, even this year, there's concerns about more people yep. uh, having cancer that will spread that either hasn't been diagnosed or hasn't been checked up because, you know, I mean, I had a a, a thing. <laughs> I don't want to go into details, but I had a thing. I have to get like a regular cancer checkup for something that's a pain in the ass, but I go. And I had to put it off several months because, you know, I was supposed to go in May, March or April or whatever. And that's life. I had to put my eye doctor appointment. I've got to go every six months for my retina. I mean, that's the point we all made about this. It's not just the people who have COVID. It's all the people that can't go to an emergency room. You know, I mean, any any pre-existing condition, it doesn't even have to be cancer, right? I've got my retinal problems. Sure. I go every six months to make sure my retina is not tearing because there's no nerves there and you won't feel it. I had to put that off a month or two. I mean, you you know, and you hope it'll be okay, but there's a reason the doctor tells you to come every six months and it's not just to make money, right? It's that you shouldn't be coming every eight months. My, my dentist appointment, I haven't gone in for my six-month cleaning yet either because I'm kind of creeped out. So now my teeth are going to be a little worse. I mean- Everything kind of adds up. And anyway, it's creepy, but whatever, whatever, whatever. I know. I, it, it sucks. You know, I guess you know. all we can do is um, laugh like you're at Hitler's party home. Exactly. All, everybody <laughs> just imagine you're you're at a nice dinner, a, a feast, if you will, <laughs> with Hitler up in with the, Ava and the dog. What's the dog's Bavaria, name? The beautiful weather. And, what was the know. dog's name? You must know this. Probably did it. Remember, because one of the guys we were going after for something, um, Blondie. Remember, somebody oh. named their dog Blondie and got into trouble because we all were like, "That's Hitler's dog." You're saying you're not a Nazi and you named your dog Blondie? Be- <laughs> oh, it was just a coincidence. Yeah. Well, see, in the old days, again, we yeah. could have thought, you know, like the old days being 20 years ago, it would be one of maybe a dozen, two dozen Republicans. Now it's like 80 percent of the caucus. Yeah, more. Oh God, I wish so I, 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 I don't know that. that I could figure that out. I wish to God I could remember who did it because it was somebody. I mean, it was it wasn't funny, but it was funny because it was somebody we were all going after, and literally they were like, "Hmm, <laughs> you named your dog, but not a Nazi. Oh, not at all. No, no, no." But uh, really fucked up. It might have. Oh, I'm never gonna find. That. I'll stop looking for this. It's funny the things you 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 find when you do Hitler's dog. I'm getting. Could a dog pick be the next president? Adolf Hitler had tiny penis. Um. 
What? Injected injected animal testosterone and whipped dog to impress lover. Where are you reading this? Google News. So, like, is this from a legit publication? No, the Daily Star. Yeah. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess that was Western propaganda. Is my guess? Injected animal testosterone because <laughs> he had a tiny penis. I, I'm, uh, I'm trusting that. Wow. Eva Braun's footage of Nazi relaxing, Hitler dancing is going digital. Very, I mean, boy, the, the shit you find when you when you Google Hitler. Yeah, I think we, we should probably end Ooh. this. We're getting desperate. Yeah, let's like, yeah, get into Google. We've run out of ideas. A little weird. Say, we didn't talk, go into detail huh. on it. People should huh. know. It's saying uh, Trump issued those so-called executive orders. They're all oh. bullshit. That's right. Like, the fake executive the orders. They're yeah, all yeah, being yeah. legally challenged, and most of them don't even do anything. There's the one anything anyway, yeah. Yeah. Where he's claiming he's going to give you, you're, you're getting $600 in unemployment insurance. So theoretically, he was going to cut that uh, down to 400 by a third. Yeah. Uh, you're not even going to get that because they only give 300. The states are responsible yeah. for the other 100. And, and because they're not providing those funds, they would need a whole new organization to do it. And it probably wouldn't happen before the election anyhow. Yeah. That's the way the rest of them are, too. You might as well just look into them because they're all bullshit. None of them are going to help yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lying as usual. Yeah. Yeah, that's all we got. That's it. All right. Um... Uh... Thursday or Friday, the usual. We'll be back. We'll be back, and we'll probably have a guest this time. So uh, oh, I didn't remember that, do we? Okay. So much. Oh, okay. I've talked to a few potentials. We'll have some. All righty. Rope them in. All right, guys. See you later in the week. Take care, guys.